Welcome to Feed the Sheep Podcast. This is your host, Ross Steele. As I always say, God is good all the time, and all the time, the devil is stupid. Here, I like to talk about things culture doesn't want to talk about. I talk about things to advance the gospel, to build the kingdom, and bless the world. Let's get right to it. Welcome back, everybody. It is so great. It's an honor and a privilege every single time to be on this platform. Uh, Believe it or not, y'all. And I say that almost every time I'm on the stage, almost every time I'm on any stage, um, but also just here, right here on Feed the Sheep on this podcast. It's it's such an honor that I've been able to do this, um, not just for myself, but for those out there who are questioning, who are wondering what's, I mean, what is a biblical sound doctrine of Christianity? Um, what are the things that the church has watered down that I choose to pour into, uh, to, to take that and pour into you guys as the listeners. Um, the very first episode I ever did for Feed the Sheep was on prayer. And that was just a simple one, just just simply called prayer. But this one coming up uh, today, as you've seen the title, is The Power Through Prayer. And I want to dive more into that. But as always... Before we get started, I'm going to bring it right back to the Father. Lord, I pray for open hearts, for open minds, Lord, that we are able to understand the the importance and the true value of prayer in our life. And not just prayer, just to cross it off the list, Lord, but a prayer that that emboldens us in our faith, um, that, that as we invite the Holy Spirit into our life, Lord, as we face the opposition in this world, may it embolden our faith, Lord. I pray that our prayers are not just just something that we throw out there just to say that we did it, Lord, but that we pray expectantly, that we pray knowing that what we're praying and believing what we're praying, that it will come true, Father, because your will is greater than all. And, and Lord, may we just recognize all the goodness that you've given us, all the things you've blessed us with in our life. It's in your name that I pray these things. Amen, amen, amen. All right, y'all, listen. I talk about prayer kind of often, um, and we're starting, we have this new, so I went to uh, Grow Conference um, at Church of the Highlands, and they had this thing called Pray First. It's a good mentality, um, and it's one that I've adopted here now at the Pendleton campus, as I'm, I'm the new campus pastor here over at our Pendleton campus for Life Church in Pendleton, Indiana, and um, pray first is such a great mentality. It's something that you're like, Oh, that makes sense. But like, how often do we actually pray first? You know? So I wanted to just dive into it kind of starting there, um, talking about the pray first mentality, and then maybe even reference some, um, prayer guides that we look into. Um, and there's actually a pray first, uh, prayer guide that we, have acquired from Church of the Highlands that we actually use now at Life Church Pendleton, um, and it's something that I I kind of live by. And but there's also one guy in particular that I um, wanted to talk about. And um, on top of just praying first and acting second, um, you know the the Word of God says to pray, uh, pray always, pray continuously. And we may think, well, how does that even work? But I mean, it's just, it's just a constant conversation with God. Guys, it's it's not the, the 
the many words or the big of as big of words as you may be thinking like, Oh, I have to do all of this. I, I got to say it this way or the Lord's not going to understand, but he knows your heart though. So you don't have to think of it in regards of a chore because it's not, it's Christianity as a whole is not a religion. It is a relationship with the father. It is a relationship with the father, the son, the Holy spirit and and once you get that grasp, your prayer life, I believe, I truly believe it will begin to change. There's, uh, my prayer life's changed probably two or three, four, five, 15 different times. Who knows? Um, in my life, just as things have gone on, like I used to pray just because I had to. Um, and then when the Lord really changed my life, he, he, you know, when the great revival for Ross Steele came about, uh, my prayer life changed. Um, I started praying bold prayers. I started praying dangerous prayers. I, I read Craig Rochelle's book, Dangerous Prayers. Oh, that thing fired me up, y'all. It fired me up. I was so ecstatic. And now I pray with boldness that, and I pray knowing that I'm on God's side. He's not on my side. I'm on his side. And when I'm on his side, I can pray anything. And uh, as long as it, as long as it lines up with his will, as long as it lines up with the word of God, the things I'm praying for, I believe that it will happen. I believe that it will come true, and it will come true in perfect timing, in his perfect timing. He sees from beginning to end, and it's not on me. So one guy that I read a book about, um, it's called Power Through Prayer. And I'm not going to spend the whole time, I'll try not to spend the whole time on this episode with this, but his name uh, was Edward McKendry Bounds. And he is one of my favorite authors on the subject of prayer. And he's a Civil War era preacher. Uh, he goes by E.M. Bounds. So Edward McKendry Bounds. And his prayer degree, oh my goodness, y'all. He's got stories to tell. But he, basically, he, he received his law degree at 19, um, which became the youngest practicing lawyer in the state of Missouri at the time. And I'm not sure. I'm sure he still holds that because you got to go through so much more nowadays. I feel like um, to 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 be a practicing lawyer or attorney uh, attorney. Uh, Devin, who's been on the podcast before, he's an attorney. He has his own practice, and he did three years of college and then three years of law school, and and he's now 26 and he has his practice. But he's been doing that for like only a year and a half now. So you, I mean, you kind of look at that, anyways. Um, bounds. What what they say basically is he he felt a call to ministry in his early twenties. So, um, he he was an attorney first, and then felt the call to ministry, uh, to 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 Christian ministry in his early twenties, and then two years later from that, he was ordained as a pastor. I mean, this man was driven. Uh, if if I could say anything, he was just driven, and you can you can see it by by his life. Um, but his life was. At the same time, it was filled with suffering and loss. There were trials and tribulations in his life, just as there are in ours, uh, are in ours. Um, and you, I, I think that you guys, you may not be able to relate to everything, but I'm sure you could relate in some aspect of, uh, it may not be the same thing, but we also have trials and tribulations that we could uh, relate to EM bounds with. And in, in 1861, he 
he was arrested by Union troops and spent a year and a half in federal prison. He later became a chaplain in the Confederate Army and was injured during a battle, taken prisoner for a second time. And then, after that, upon his release, he uh, returned to Franklin, Tennessee to pastor a local church. And basically, his primary ministry method was establishing weekly prayer sessions where he would lead the people in prayers uh, for, for spiritual revival, uh, for healing, uh, for healing over the, the war-torn country at the time. And his first wife actually died in 1886, uh, which was ended up being a few months before their 10th wedding anniversary. His, his firstborn son also died at the age of six, and his son, Charles, uh, died eight days after his first birthday. So he's experiencing all this death around him, and he dedicated... What, what Ian Bounds did is he dedicated the hours, 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. each morning to prayer. And it, it's been said that no man could have made more melting appeals for lost souls and black, backslidden Christians than he could. I mean, you, you look at this man. He sets away three hours in the morning every single day. No, there's, there's no option otherwise because he realizes the importance of prayer and what it does and intercession what he's doing here he's 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 making appeals he's interceding for lost souls and backslidden christians and this is what we can do in our lives every single day we can set the time aside um and we need to find a place of solitude to spend with the lord not in the car i mean yeah it's solitude but your focus isn't necessarily on the father your focus is on driving and i'll be honest you just need to set time aside you need to find a place where you can sit in solitude with the father put on some 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 instrumental worship or even just worship as a whole um have it play in the background let it drive your prayer life. Let it drive your prayer style. But EM, he he was also uh, he was he was a wise and passionate pastor who basically he he was convinced of the transformative power of prayer, and you could tell. Um, and not only was he committed to a life of prayer, but he was also committed to sound doctrine and Christian service. He he recognizes you know I can't just have the prayer. I have to have the, theolo- the the theological doctrine. I have to have the service of a Christian, of a, a believer, what they would be like. Um, he, he was unlike any other. And Martin Luther King actually formed his prayer life off of E.M. Bounds, which is really cool uh, to see all the, 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 the great people that we have, leaders, presidents, they have, they, they found They've founded their lives off of the same style that Ian Bounds had as well. So anyways, um, this can go on and on and on and on. And I could talk about this forever, but I want to talk about just a few things um, from his book, uh, Power Through Prayer, that really helped me. Um, and and I, I really hope that and, I, and my prayer, guys, for you is that it'll help you as well. And if if you want to get the book, I, it's pretty cheap on Amazon. Just go get it. it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And I know audiobooks are like super easy to listen to. But guys, what I want to encourage you to do, if you don't have a paper Bible, get a paper Bible. If if you're listening to audiobooks, 
I know you're like, well, I, I listen better with this. Well, studies show that you retain more by handwriting and underlining and highlighting more than you do by listening. It doesn't matter. You may say you're, you're a, uh, audio learner. Um, and that's fine. You can learn some, but you studies show you take more out of it when you are visual and you are in it. So I'm going to talk about 10 quotes from this book that illuminate his beliefs about prayer. So one is prayer is simply faith taking possession of its illimitable inheritance, illimitable inheritance. The second quote is faith in Christ's ability to do and do greatly is the faith which prays greatly. We, we sit and we listen to these y'all. I want you to really take them in and I'm going to take, I'm going to take a couple breaks in between, maybe give you a little time to really listen to it. Um, hit that, hit that backspace 10 seconds, whatever, if you need to, but these get deep and it, it goes to show, um, just how he really, how great he really is and how it has formed who he was as a, as a preacher, as a pastor, as a friend, as a believer, um, as a disciple, what that looks like. So another quote was from the Bible or from, not from the Bible, from, from the book is, uh, faith gives birth to prayer and grows stronger, strikes deeper, rises higher in the struggles and wrestlings of mighty petitioning. Mm, that's good. The fourth being, we ought to pray for the desire to pray. For such a desire is God-given and heaven-born. So if you don't have the desire to pray, basically all this is saying, if you don't have the desire to pray, pray for a desire to pray. You want the burning desire to pray because it is God-given and heaven-born. This holy and fervid flame is in the soul, awakens the interest of heaven, attracts the attention of God, and places at the disposal of those who exercise it the exaltless riches of divine grace. Mm. To be absorbed in God's will, to be so greatly in earnest about doing it that our whole being takes fire is the qualifying condition of the man who would engage in effectual prayer. Yeah, take a, take, take a second. Listen to that one again. Here on the, the sixth one is, or the seventh one here is, prayer, prayer has everything to do with molding the souls into the image of God. For prayer is the only way in which the soul of a man can enter into fellowship and communion with the source of, of all Christ-like spirit and energy. In order to have full access to God in prayer, there must be a total abandonment of conscious and premeditated sin. Mm, mm, that one cuts a little deep, y'all. That one cuts a little deep. It cut deep to me when I first read it. Um, that's why I mentioned these. Uh so you have full access to God in prayer. There must be a total abandonment of conscious and premeditated sin. That's, that cuts deep. Mm. The business of real observance of God's commands inseparably accompanies the business of real praying. 
If you have an earnest desire to pray well, you must learn how to obey well. If you have that desire to pray, you must also have a desire to obey because in prayer, the Lord speaks to you. The Lord will speak to you in many different ways, but when you're praying and you're in continuous conversation with him, asking for him to, to, to speak to you, you better be ready for what he has to say, and you better be ready to say, yes, Father, send me. There are five lessons overall through the book that, um, that I think are probably what I took out of it the most, and one of which is preaching is not a performance. It is the outflow of a life dedicated to prayer. You can, you can tell from a preacher, whether it's your pastor or another, you look on YouTube, whatever, you can tell which of those uh, have a life dedicated to prayer. And you may think, well, some of them are easy to fake it. Well, you're right. Some might be able to, easy to fake it. But I promise you, you'll know because the Holy Spirit will be using them in so many different ways. They'll be The Holy Spirit will be using them in ways that they can't even uh, explain or understand. I know, guys, I know for myself personally, I go back and listen to my messages each week. Um, and if you ever want to listen to one of my messages, you can go to Life Church Pendleton on YouTube and you'll find me. But um, the... I go back every single week. It's like watching film. I go back to try to study myself. What could I have done better? Well, I look, and and every time before I go on stage, two things happen. Right before I go on, I do a little squat. I get a little amped up. I say, Holy Spirit, have your way with me. Let your words flow out of my mouth. May I just be a vessel of honor. May the glory be all for you. And then I slap a sign that says, uh, that's in our production room, in our green room, whatever you want to call it, I slap a sign that says, um, it is an honor and a privilege to be on the stage. Thank you, God, for choosing me. And then I go out, and I and I just let it go. I let loose. And I go, and I watch myself, and, I'm, and I, I start to tear up at times. And I'm like, I, I didn't say that. I didn't prepare that. You can ask anybody. You look at my notes. Almost everything is scripted out. I'm going to be honest because that's how I am. Just starting out, it's like that's how I got to be. Um, but then you take the notes and you go watch the video uh, or watch the message, listen to the message, and you're like, what? That's not in your notes. But like, yeah, I know that's not in my notes. And you know, oftentimes those things, I don't remember saying on the stage until I go back and listen to it. And I start to tear up because I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit. And in those moments, those are how I can know and recognize that, 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 he, that the Holy Spirit is using me as a vessel for his glory and glory alone, um, and that my dedication to prayer is what allows that to happen because it's not a performance. The second point I take away is that God doesn't anoint plans. He anoints people, people of prayer. He doesn't anoint plans. He anoints people, and the people he anoints are people of prayer. We look at... Uh, Saul, how he anointed Saul. Well, Saul wasn't very one to be in communion with, with him, but then he anoints David, and David, he writes a lot of psalms in his time, and we see all of them, the, the prayer that he has. He wrote in, in, one, in one day about 
um, in one cave of Adullam, he writes two Psalms, Psalm 57 and Psalm 142, but then he also writes Psalm 34 on his way to the cave. So we don't know exactly how, like the time frame, but, and you go and read Psalm 34, Psalm 57, Psalm 142, you see the prayers that they are, they all start with him making known his desires. He is, he is, he's finding refuge in the father. And then at the very end, he always ends it, uh, David, he always ends it with praise, always ends it with praise. And I think that's, that's absolutely incredible. Um, because he is anointed, he was anointed to be king and God didn't anoint the plans. He anointed the person and the person became to develop and grow out of prayer. The third point I take away is the heart of our time or the best of our time must be given to prayer. It's not to be an afterthought. That's the pray first mentality I was talking about before. Um, Bound says the, the, the closet first, the study and activity second. Both study and activities freshened and made efficient by the closet. The closet being the quiet space, the, the solitude that you're spending with the Father. That has to come first. And the study and the activities must be second. It must not be an afterthought. The fourth point uh, from this book is no earthly ministry will have eternal impact without much prayer. One thing we do at Life Church across all of our campuses, we have Saturday morning prayer, 9 to 10 at three of our campuses. One of our campuses is 8 to 9. But of all of them, we all have an hour of prayer. And that's where anybody's welcome to come and we just intercede. We intercede on behalf of the lost, on behalf of, uh, of the widows, uh, of the elderly, on behalf of the leaders, the, those who are in authority in our church, in our county, in our cities, in our schools, in our country, in our world, even those we don't agree with, even those we know are so far gone. We are praying for them. We are praying for souls. That is what we do because we recognize that no earthly ministry will have eternal impact without much prayer. And the fifth point today is that endurance and fruitless and, and fruitfulness in ministry are rooted in faithful prayer. Endurance and fruitfulness in ministry are rooted in faithful prayer. No man can do a great and enduring work for God who is not a man of prayer, and no man can be a man of prayer who does not give much time to praying. That's something that E.M. Bounds writes in this book, and it is so, so good. I, um, I love prayer. I, I talk about it all the time, and honestly, guys, I share a lot of different things, and what I tell people all the time is like they come to me with issues that they have, allergies, sickness, you know, things that we don't even think about, but it's all spiritual. It's all spiritual. And, and because of the fall of Adam, we have sin in this world. And because of the sin, we have sickness, we have disease. And you may be listening and being like, whoa, this dude lost his mind. Well, maybe you think that, but I know that it is spiritual because what we see in the word of God, which is a living word, it never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And is the living word of God breathed by the Father. 
through individuals who wrote it, but it was breathed by the Father. It was spoken by the Father. And what I want to say is we see it that it's not against flesh and blood. That means everything. That means everything in the world that we go against is not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers and principalities. That's why when I'm talking with people who, um, I, I talk with people all the time who are like, I'm friends with them. I love them. And even those I'm not really friends with, but we get in little, little tuffles, uh, little scuffles here and there because they are, they're just so far gone. They're lost. And I love them. And my heart breaks out for, my heart does break for them. Y'all, uh, I want everybody to make it to heaven. I don't give up on anybody. And I say things, so I say some things boldly, um, and unforgivingly at times, but grace isn't my strong suit and I'm working on that. And I, I know my weakness. Um, but when I'm having these discussions with people and there's just so much hatred and anger coming out of their mouth out, like, and you can see it in their eyes, in their body language. And I just sit and I have to, and, and I remind myself, it's not them I'm arguing with. It's, it's, it's the demons. It's the, it's the demonic realm. It's the spiritual realm. It's the demonic and the spiritual realm that I'm arguing with. It's not that the, a lot of times when you go to proclaim the word of God, a lot of times people will come against you and they will be so angry and they'll feel so much hatred. But I want you to know not to be discouraged by that because that is the demonic who are being, uh, who are, who are tearing apart these people and we can pray against them. We can intercede on their behalf. That's why when we pray for the lost, we can pray for the back backslidden. Um, that's why prayer is so important. We pray for divine intervention. We and when we when we get divine intervention, uh, we ask the Holy Spirit to give us the words that are needed in these in those in those moments of divine intervention. You see, things happen when we pray that don't happen when we don't. And I leave this today with you guys is that there are a lot of prayers. There is a the prayer guide that I mentioned earlier uh it's called pray first and i'm pretty sure you could find it on uh like amazon or something if not you can just contact church of the highlands they they will send you one i promise uh free no charge anyways there's so many different prayers there's warfare prayers there's confession prayers there's generational bondage prayers there's forgiveness prayers there's there's prayers for literally anything and everything you can think of um and i and i i would encourage you guys to to journal your prayers. And I say, and I say why, and it doesn't have to be like the whole prayer, just the bullet points hit, hit, hit the spark notes version of your prayer journal. it, Because what's going to happen is when you begin to prayer and you begin to have this devotion of prayer in your life, what's going to happen is you're going to see the, the, the change in your life. And you're going to be able to go back to the prayer from September 1st, 2022, and you're going to be able to say and see it and look at it and be like, be like, oh, oh, yeah, that's awesome. Check. God answered this prayer. Oh, check, check. God answered these prayers, too. And then you continue to look back and you're like, look at all that God is doing. There was a time my grandma just passed away and there was a prayer that I started praying in January called the prayer of Jabez. Um, the prayer of Jabez is simple. It's it's. 
enlarge my tor- enlarge my territory, um, you know, increase my influence, enlarge my territory, basically. And what ended up happening is things were happening, and that prayer was being answered, but I was asleep to it almost. And my grandma passed away, and she had a coin. On one side, it said the prayer of Jabez. On the other side, it was the scripture. And in that moment, my aunt said, hey, Grandma, why don't you have this? So I, I grab it, and I look at it, and I'm like, whoa. I was like, I've been praying this for like since January, the beginning of 2022. And she, she had no idea. Um, and it was a reminder. It was a reminder. It was almost as God is saying, hey, this prayer that you've been praying, I want you to look at all that, all that I've done to answer this prayer for you. And I do. I look and I'm like, oh my goodness. I started the podcast at the beginning of the year. I uh, stepped in as a campus pastor here at our Pendleton campus um, just recently. In March, I moved over here. Um, I hosted and completed our first conference for revision. I mean, Things were happening. People were inviting me to things. Hey, I want you to come speak here. I want you to come speak. And I'm like, I didn't realize it. Like I kept praying the prayer, but it was almost as I was unsatisfied. And and I had to take a heart check. And I was like, hold on a second. I was like, all right, I see this. I see now. I see you. I see you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And I just give thanks, give gratitude. And the best thing I can start you guys off with today is, or, or send you off with today is to a good structure to look at the Lord's prayer. Look at the Lord's prayer. This is a, this is a, a template essentially for what you could do and who and how you could pray. Um, start with gratitude, start with gratitude. Um, repent, repent and constant sanctification happening in our lives and then ask, make your request known to the Lord. He knows your heart, but make the request known. There's nothing too big, too small, nothing to be shameful about. Ask for it. And 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 you're going to have to wait. There's yielding to it. There is a waiting period, essentially. But I want you, I say all that to say, um, just structure your prayer life and, and set time aside. I encourage you to do an hour. I encourage you to do an hour um, and, and set that time aside. Martin Luther King says this. He, he structured his life, his prayer life, kind of like based off of E.M. Bounds. And what he did is if he had a busier day ahead, he added more time in the morning in prayer. He says, there's no way I'd be able to get all 12 of these things done unless I spent more time with the father. So the busier he was, the more time he spent with the father in the morning. And let that be your encouragement to you guys today. As we go out uh, into this week, the rest of this week, and just uh, devote our lives to him. Pray for those divine interventions. Father, we come before you. We ask you, Lord, to renew our hearts, to renew our spirits. May in our solitude with you, May you renew us. May you restore us. I pray for uh, a renewed relationships amongst everybody who's listening today with you, Father. I pray that their hearts 
can find and see the importance of prayer and set that time aside, God, and allow you and your Holy Spirit to do the work that, that we ask, Father. You are the, the highest authority, and, and, and even the demons answer to you. So we call out, in the name of Jesus, we declare, every bond be broken, every chain break, every, every chain fall, uh, every, every generational curse, every generational sin we come against right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that in these moments, Lord, as you are working in us, that we are open to say yes, and we are ready to say yes, Father, as you send us where you have called us, where your plan and your purpose is for us, Jesus. It's, it's in your name that I pray all these things. the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to Feed the Sheep this week. May the Spirit be within you, may it be upon you to embolden you in your faith, to go out and advance the gospel, to build the kingdom and bless the world.